The following is paid commercial programming. Third-party rankings are no guarantee of future investment success. Working with a highly rated advisor does not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a high level of performance. Investment performance is not an explicit criterion because clients' investment goals differ. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client. Generally, rankings are based on information prepared and submitted by the advisor. Statements saying that we told our clients to be out of the market in 2008 referred to recommendations made by MMWKM's principals while employed at Eagle Strategies LLC. The team that manages accounts at MMWKM are the same individuals with that responsibility at Eagle Strategies and at Cambridge Research from 2009 to 2011. MMWKM was created in 2011 and uses the same exit strategy. A more thorough disclosure of the criteria used in making these rankings is available by contacting MMWKM Advisors LLC. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Money Matters. And here's your host, Ken Moray. We're in the money. We're in the money. We've got a lot of what it takes to get along. We're in the money. We are in the, the money. The skies old are sunny. You are through, you've done us An old man recession, you are doing us wrong. Well, hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to Money Matters with Ken Morafe. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. And this is the show where we talk about everything and anything in the world of retirement planning. We talk about the stock market. We're going to talk about the uh, social security, estate planning, income taxes, you name it. We talk about it and we try to have more fun than a human being should be allowed to have when talking about all this boring financial stuff. So, but before we get started, let me introduce myself. I am Ken Morafe, the host of Money Matters with Ken Morafe. Thank you, Jack. And I am founder and senior retirement planner at Retirement Planners of America. And we're <laughs> that surprised me, but you're right. I do feel good. Uh, and we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning, so we work with the most wonderful people in the entire universe. And that's people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. And if that is you, then this show is designed for you. And our firm is designed to help you to achieve your retirement goals, which we call your second childhood without parental supervision. So if you want to check us out, our website is rpoa.com. And not to brag or anything, but, uh, you know, Barron's named moi, your faithful host, one of the top 100 financial advisors eight years in a row. And um, I'm very proud of that, obviously. But without our beloved and most valued clients, we'd be nowhere. So all you clients, we love you. We thank you. And uh, we appreciate you. So let me go over with you what we're going to talk about on this, our weekly excursion into the land of retirement planning. Now, one of the things that uh, I firmly believe, and we we, we try to enforce as much as possible with our clients, and that is that debt is bad. Now, I know, you know, those of you who want to maximize your, our, your return on investment, you know, leverage, if you put like $4 in and you make, you know, $4 back because you borrowed the other $96, you know, you made 100% on your money. I get all that. But when you are retired, I think your debt should be retired too because debt, in my view, kills. And so this week, I had a couple of examples that really were interesting to me. And one of them was the story of Blockbuster Video. I saw a documentary on it, which I thought was very interesting. And do you know why Blockbuster Video died? 
Well, you probably think it was Netflix. Well, you're wrong. And so I'll tell you what killed Blockbuster Video. And then we have Archegos or Archegos or whatever that company is called that just had this massive margin call. We had, uh, so anyway, debt kills. And we're going to talk about the national debt and what, where that's going to lead us as well and give you some historical perspective. Man, I could just do the show on that and I'm done. But no, there's more. We're going to also talk about, this is a question that was brought up the other day, and, and it was, it's kind of an interesting question, and I thought, hmm, make a good topic for the show, and that is, what is the difference between stock value and its price? What's the difference? Why, does the, why is, the, is there a difference between value and price? And if you know the difference, then that is where opportunity lies. So we'll be talking about that later on as well. And then, as we do every week, we'll talk about Social Security, so we'll have some answers for you to your questions. And by the way, if you have Social Security questions that you'd like me to answer on the air, then all you have to do is send them to me. My email address is ken at rpo.retirementplannersofamerica.com. And if you send me your questions, I will endeavor to answer them, and you'll make my life easy because I don't have to create content. I can just answer your questions. And you know what? Also, one of the things that is foundational to our philosophy of managing our clients' monies. So for clients, we help them with their income taxes, we help them with their estate planning, we help them with social security planning, Medicare planning, you know, 401k, retirement, all that kind of stuff. And then we also help them by managing their money for them. And then, and then we say, you know what, now you go on vacation and see you later. We love you, but get out of here. <laughs> and uh, so the foundational philosophy behind how we manage our clients' money is that growth is important, but protection of principle is even more important. Because once you retire, what you have, what you have saved up and what you have now, that's going to have to support you for the rest of your life unless you want to go back to work. And so, therefore, protecting that, we believe, is extremely important. Now, there's a counter philosophy to that, which is the buy-hold, which means you don't protect against anything. You just buy stuff, you diversify, your job's done. You go sit, sit in a hammock and sip mint juleps, and you're over with. Well, we don't believe that. Now, one of the things that people say why you should buy and hold is you don't want to miss the 20 best trading days, okay? Because statistics show that if you're out of the market for the 20 best trading days in the last 20 years, then guess what would have happened to you? Your return would go down to almost nothing. And you know what? Those statistics are true. But I'm going to tell you why it is a false premise. And I'm going to prove it to you later on in the show, okay? So don't believe it, even though it's true. <laughs> so now you know what, Jack, most shows would actually stop right there. They'd say, you know, if we did just that, we have done more than our listening audience could possibly want from a financial show. Somebody stop me. Oh, no, don't you dare. Because on this show, do we stop right there? No, we don't. We boldly go where no financial show has gone before. And therefore, at about 10 till, we're going to have our estate tip of the week. And this week, what we're going to talk about is how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs a tax-free college education. Wow. How about that? You like apples? How about them apples? Anyway, we'll talk about that at about 10 till. So uh, I hope you'll stay tuned for the entire program. Uh, I got a quick note to tell you. I, uh, I'm going in to get my vaccine uh, <laughs> later on. And uh, it's interesting. I've, I've talked to, gosh, I don't know, 30 clients in the last, uh, I don't know, two weeks maybe or three weeks. And 
in every case I ask them, have you been vaccinated? And just about all of them except for one has been vaccinated. And for every couple that I've talked to, one of them, they've all had their two shots, but the one of them of the couple had no side effect from the second shot. And one of them in their words, and this is the common word, I got my butt kicked. <laughs> they all got a butt kicking. And it's interesting. It's not the husband or the wife necessarily, but it's always one of them. I have yet to meet one of my couple clients where both of them did not have the side effect or both of them did have the side effect. It's always one or the other. So the other one gloats. It's like, hey, I didn't feel anything. I'm glad you got your butt kicked and it wasn't me. <laughs> so my wife and I are going to get ours and, I, and I'll just say it on the air. I hope she's the one that gets her butt kicked. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I want, I want my butt kicked. Go ahead. Make my day. Anyway, let's talk about debt kills. Now, one of the things that, you know, if you're a student of history as I am, and if you study, and I study history from an economic standpoint, because I believe that everything that happens in societies and uh, in empires and all that is driven in a, in a major way by the economics of the situation. Even, our, even the growth of our country and how we expanded the Louisiana Purchase, all those things were economic decisions that were made. The fact that we even came to this country, the pilgrims, economic decisions. They were escaping from taxation and other things. So many, many, many ways you can find that history is affected by economics and how it drives things. So that's very interesting to me. And one of the things that uh, if you study, for example, Greece and Rome, and more recently Germany after World War I, what took down those great empires? Now you may say, well, you know, the Romans, they had all the barbarians they were invading and this and that. No. I mean, that, yes, they did have that, but they were massively, you know, their military was much, much stronger. Their economy was much, much stronger. They could end that, but they didn't. Why? Because they went so massively in debt. They accumulated massive debt. The thing that happened to Greece, it happened to Rome. It happened to Germany after World War I. Why? These great empires, the Habsburgs were the wealthiest empire in, in the world uh, before World War I, the Germans. And then they went out of business, basically. Why? They went into such massive amounts of debt. And what happens, it, it's kind of a psychological thing, I think, as I look at it. These empires become very, very wealthy. And as they become wealthy, they become kind of not really watching their pennies, right? So they start spending, and they start thinking they can pay for everything. And then what happens is that it becomes like they have to do it. It's their responsibility. We are a wealthy country. We must pay for everything. And as they start paying for everything, they start finding out that they can't keep it going. So then what they do is they start borrowing to do it. Because after all, you know, elections matter and all that. So they start borrowing money to be able to keep financing the lifestyle that they got used to, the, the economy that they got used to. And eventually, as that debt starts to get larger and larger and larger, what, what, has taken, what took them down was when the interest on the debt was more than the country could tax its citizens to pay. Okay, so think about the Tea Party. Why did that happen? Because they were taxing us to death, and we didn't want to pay the taxes to pay the debt that the king had incurred with all the stuff that he was doing. The French, same thing happened, the French Revolution. It was all about they got into such debt. And what are we doing right now, ladies and gentlemen? I worry about that. In the short run, I think that all of this debt that we're doing, 
is going to stimulate the economy massively. I, as I've said, I think the Dow will hit 35,000 this year. We're already at 33 as I, as I look. Um, and so, you know, I, I think it's almost inevitable when you throw trillions of dollars at the economy that you see the, the stock market go up. So I think we're going to have all-time highs this year and lots of them. But I also think that there's going to be a comeuppance eventually if we don't get this thing under control. So what I would ask you is, do you have a game plan in your retirement planning to address when or if the, mar the next market crash comes because of all this debt? Okay, I mean, we're going to rise, I think, yes. But Eventually, I think it's gonna, we're going to have to pay for it. And if you don't have a plan to address it, what is that going to mean to you? I was talking to a gentleman just the other day. He went through 2000 and 2008 and says, I never want to do that again. So go to our website, rpoa.com, and learn how to protect your retirement from the next market crash. Okay, It's on our website, rpoa.com, uh, uh, retirement planning in uncertain times. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what is the difference between stock value and its price and lots more. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. So let's talk about a question that was brought up the other day and I thought would be an interesting topic for the show, which is what is the difference between stock value and its price? And, you know, if you, if you can nail that one down, and it's, it's an inexact science, I'll just tell you up front, but if you can nail that, then you could become Warren Buffett because that's what he's really good at. He's really good at figuring out the difference between the value of something and its price. And if the price is lower than the value, he buys it, or at least he tries to. And he's been very successful at it. So let me go over with you so that you too maybe can become Warren Buffett. And uh, the question, and in fact, what, what the answer that Warren Buffett gives is price is what you pay, value is what you get. And actually, Warren Buffett is quoting Benjamin Graham, that is his mentor, okay, who was a, a big deal guy back in the Great Depression. So what makes up the value of a stock? So when you're looking at a stock and you want to know what it's worth, what's the value? Well, there are four things that you want to look at. The first one is the earnings, okay? So you want to look at how profitable is the company, how profitable is it going to be in the future? Maybe it's not now, like Amazon a few years ago was losing money. So are they reinvesting in the business? Are they paying dividends? You know, you want to know about their earnings. The next thing you want to look at is their market share, okay? So companies with solid market share possess what's called economic scale, and economic moats, meaning that they have a barrier against competition just because they have so much market share. It's not, it's not, a, it's not an invulnerable barrier, but it is a barrier, okay? Now, also, you want to look at P.E. ratios and other metrics, okay? So, for example, a high P.E. ratio compared to their peers, uh, that may indicate the company is expensive or overvalued. Okay, so the P.E. ratio is something that you can also look at, um, and it's basically the stock price divided by the earnings per share. So the profit divided by earnings is the P.E. ratio. Now, if you guys have listened to this show over the years, you know that I don't put a lot of stock into P.E. ratios because they, they can be very misleading, but you can use them in the broad picture. The other thing you want to look at is competitors. Does this company have competitors now and in the future? What kind of things are going to affect all of the above, their earnings, their market share, and their P.E. ratio. So those things are what you put together, in my view, to give you a mosaic, to put together you know, a picture of the company's value. All right, so now let's look at the price. What makes up the price? Well, the price is influenced by market trends, 
you know, for example, if the market is running and the bulls are running, it, you know, there's the old expression, the rising tide raises all ships. So it may be just the market trend is going, right? Or the sector that they're in is hot at the time. Look at technology, for example, okay, back in the day. Uh, so the other thing is investor demand. If investors are really hot, they all want to buy, like right now, you know, I'm getting a lot of questions about cryptocurrency. So if people are hot about something and they have a lot of demand and they want to buy it, they're going to drive the price up regardless of its value. The other thing that you want to look at is the media and, and analysts' reports because they tend to influence people's thinking. If, you know, the, the top 10 analysts all said, you know, this company's stock is going to go through the roof, then the average investor looks at all of that and says, hmm, well, maybe I should buy that. And so when you're looking at buying a stock or a company, you need to look also, I think, at their, what the media is saying about them and what analysts are saying. Because whether they're right or wrong is irrelevant. What is the case is that people listen to that and it influences their behavior. And the price, as I said before, is based on demand of investors as well. The other thing you want to look at is company news. What is the company saying right now about their prospects, the future, their profitability, all the things that the value side of it that I was talking about, you want to read into the company's prospectus, into their uh, um, media, when they talk to the media, their uh, press releases, all that kind of stuff. You want to get a good idea of what that is all about and how that's going to affect earnings, market share, etc. The other thing that you want to look at is basically is economic factors, okay? And, and according to BlackRock, um, their research shows that 90% of the price movements can be explained by macro factors, okay? Like what, for example, like the pandemic, okay? So the pandemic, when it came, markets dropped dramatically, and it took down a lot of companies' prices, and it had nothing to do with anything other than, oh, oh, there's a pandemic coming, and a macro event just caused that, you may remember that some of you may think if you go back in history and you look at when the oil embargo happened and we had a big bad recession in our country and all that, that was a macro event. It had nothing to do with whether the companies had a good product or not and all that. It was that oil prices just you know skyrocketed and choked off the economy. So macro events can also deal with that. So now that you know the difference between a, the, the value and the price, you can be a more informed consumer when you go out to buy your stocks. Now, I don't know how to say I thank you, except I thank you. Well, Frankie, you are welcome. <laughs> now, one of the things that I would suggest is that when you are on your cruise after the pandemic is over, or you're out there playing golf in Scotland or in, in uh, Pebble Beach or wherever it is that you have a dream of playing golf, or you're visiting with your grandchildren, or you're doing whatever it is you want to do when you are retired, I don't want you thinking about P.E. ratios, and I don't want you thinking about stock company's earnings and market share and all that kind of stuff, I want you to be thinking about what you're going to do when, on your vacation and during your retirement and let us do the worrying for you. And so because of that, I'd like you to go to our website. And, and if you go there, we have lots of information on there to help you with your retirement planning. We have videos, we have podcasts, we podcast this show, we have articles, we have all kinds of stuff on social security, on income tax planning, estate planning, 401k diversification, all that kind of stuff is there for you. But also, we the, uh, next week, we have several seminars coming up on re uh, retirement planning in uncertain times. And I would say that now with the debt we're running and everything else, these are definitely uncertain times. And if you're feeling that way and you want some, uh, some uh, context and some help with that, 
rpoa.com is our website, retirementplannersofamerica.com, and sign up for the seminar. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about how to maximize Social Security benefits and tons more. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. So let's talk about Social Security. And, you know, one of the things that I joke about is that uh, you know, if there was a gold medal for complexity, I think the Social Security Administration would win the gold, like, hands down every year. They'd be the Michael Phelps of, of complexity. Social Security is unbelievable. And, uh, you know, I've been working with it now for almost 30 years, well, over 30 years, and you still have to bone up on it. They change the rules. They do this and that. And even when you think you got it, there's still a quirk that you have to look up. It's, it's just a constant thing. And all of the people, all of our retirement planners, if you were to be a client or you visited with someone that, uh, that you'd visit with, are trained in Social Security. We put them through a rigorous training program. And the reason is is because, as I said, it is so complex. And if you make the wrong decision, it could cost you tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. You know, even a $200 mistake per month can cost you tens of thousands of dollars if you live, uh, you know, 30 years. So uh, making it, doing it correctly, I think, is extremely important, and I would not recommend that you do it by yourself at home. I would talk to somebody, and our website, again, is rpoa.com if you want to talk to somebody. Now, what I do in this segment is I ask you guys to help me out by sending me questions, and I will endeavor to answer those. So here's a question. And by the way, my, web, my email address, if you want to send your question in, is uh, rpoa.com. So, first question. I am a widow who is 65. My husband died in 2008. We were married for 25 years, and I have not remarried, and now I'm retired. However, my deceased husband also had a previous marriage that lasted 10 years before me. If the first wife elected to receive widow benefits, will I still be able to get my widow benefit? Huh, that's a good question. So, the answer is... You can get survivor benefits even if a previous wife is also receiving one, okay? So it will be subject to the earnings test uh, if you are under your normal retirement age, which you're, you're apparently not. Uh, if you are fully retired and have no earnings, then there would be no reduction for your earnings. But the answer to your question is that, you know, you can get it even if a previous spouse is, is getting their uh, Social Security off of the decedent. All right, next question. My benefit is $2,280. My deceased husband's benefit will be around $1,600. Should I defer my benefit until age 70? Okay, well, I don't know how old you are in this question. Well, oh, she's 65. Okay, so her, she, you know, my benefit is 2280 My husband died, and uh, the benefit I could get off of him is $1,600, so should I just wait till I'm 70? Okay, so with a benefit of 2280 and a survivor benefit of around $1,600, you could start the survivor benefit as soon as you retire. Okay, so that means when it won't be withheld from the earnings test, so the moment you turn 66. And then you can switch to your maximum benefit at age 70. Okay, so take his, generally speaking, I don't know all your details, but take his, the 1600, and then wait till you're 70 and then switch over to yours because it'll be much higher and you'll get it for the rest of your life. Okay, that's an idea for you. So those are some things to think about. Now, Social Security, as I said, is extremely complex, and uh, I would not recommend trying this at, by yourself. I would talk to a professional and have somebody walk you through the decisions. And the decision is also not made in a vacuum because there are several things that you need to look at. 
What income tax bracket are you in? Are you married or not? Is there an age disparity between you and your spouse? Is this your first marriage or not? Do you, you know? Do, do you? Uh, what's your health like? Do you have a long life expectancy or not? There are lots of factors that play into when and how is the best way to take Social Security. And so what we want to do is help you with that. So if you go to our website, it's rpoa.com. And if you click on Meet with an Advisor, then what will happen is we'll schedule a time virtually with you. Um, we'll sit down with you and we'll design your entire retirement plan with you. Okay, So we'll not just look at Social Security. We'll also look at your 401ks. We'll look at Medicare. We'll look at income taxes. We'll look at estate planning, Are you, you know, how you're diversified, your risk profile. We'll help you to build a retirement plan and a cash flow plan, and we'll do it at no charge or obligation. So if you want to take advantage of that, all you have to do is go to rpoa.com, click on Meet with an Advisor, and we'd love to meet you. If we can help you, great, but if not, that's fine too. And either way, we will part friends. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And uh, Bogey is right. It is absolutely that. So rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about buy, hold myth number two, which is, hey, don't miss the 20 best trading days. We'll tell you why that one is not correct in our view. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. Now, you know, one of the foundational philosophies that we have in our firm, because we work with people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon, we view you, if you're in that category, as different than you were before you were in that category. Okay, so as you were growing your money and as you were working and you had wages and all this good stuff, we, we view that as being on offense. You know, if, we're, if you have a football team, you, you had your offense on the field. But now that you get within five years of retirement or you are in the first five years, that 10-year period, we believe that you need to be – yes, you want to you have an offense, but you need to be thinking defensively most of all in our view. And the reason is is because many, many studies have shown there's a, there's a kind of risk that's called sequential risk. And sequential risk means when you experience a loss is extremely important. If you experience a loss early in your retirement, it's way more devastating than if you experience it later in your retirement. Fascinating. And, and, and actually, I think, quite logical, Mr. Spock. <laughs> but our view is not what I would say mainstream, okay? The mainstream idea, as I see it, is buy and hold. You stay in forever. It doesn't matter what happens. And I was talking to a gentleman the other day, and he was like, yeah, I bought and held through Y2K in 2008, and that was very painful. I lost so much money. I don't ever want to buy and hold like that again. So we believe that you don't just buy and hold. You also need to have a strategy to protect what you have. And therefore, our strategy, we call it invest and protect. And the protect part is the selling side, which I think many people don't have in their game plan. And if you look at what's going on with all the debt that we're running, where do you think this is going to end? I mean, we're, what are we up to? I, I've lost track of the trillions of dollars that we're borrowing. And we're about to borrow more and more after that probably. I mean, at some point. <laughs> so I think we're going to have a big run this year. As I said, our, our, our forecast is Dow 35,000, and I think we're going to hit that. But at the same time, I don't think it's going to last forever. And I think sometime next year, we might have a big bad down. And if that happens, do you have a plan to address that? And so, therefore, invest and protect is what we believe. And our strategy said to sell in, uh, in November of 2007 before the 2008 crash. So I'm not just talking about a strategy that we have that we've never done anything with. We've actually done it. Now, having said all of that, I wrote a book. And uh, in my book, I look at what I call buy-hold miss. And one of the myths is that if you, if you sell and you miss one of the 20 best trading days, 
you know, you, or I'm sorry, you missed the 20 best trading days in the last 20 years, that what will happen is your returns will go to nothing. And that's a true statement. Okay, so the math of it is right. But let me go over with you what the, when those days happened. So this is kind of an interesting thing. I, I ranked all of the best trading days going back to 1929. So the, 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 the top trading day of all time, going back to 1929, should I say, uh, was one day where it went up 15% in one day. You know when that happened? 1933. And then the, the next best trading day happened in 1931, 15% in one day, 12% in 1929. Are you starting to see a trend? Did you hear the dates that I used? 1929? Does that sound like anything you know? Maybe the Great Depression? Guess what the fourth best trading day of all time is? March 24th, 2020, last year. What was happening during that? The market went down, what, the S&P went down 45%. So these best trading days, numbers six and seven, 10%, 11%, both of those days were big up days. Guess when they happened? In 2008, during the credit crisis. Guess what the eighth best trading day was? In 1987, guess what happened then? The biggest market crash in, in, in history at the time. Okay, so, and then you go back to, you know, so, so as I'm looking at all these 20 best trading days, I'm thinking... I don't want to be in them. They all happened except for, except for one in, in 1997. But other than that, they happened during the Great Depression. They happened during the pandemic. They happened in 2008. They happened in Y2K. And they happened in 1987. Shazam! So my view is that if you are out during a big bad bear, as we were during 2008, if you're out for that entire year, then you missed, yes, you missed a lot of good trading days because in 2008, there were one, two, three, four, five of the best trading days since 1929. But we, we missed all of them, and happily so, because guess what? Four of the worst trading days happened in 2008 as well. They don't tell you that part. <laughs> so I'd rather miss out on those best trading days. Thank you very much. I'd rather be on the sidelines because if the best trading days are happening, likely is the worst trading days are happening, and likely is we're in the middle of a bear market, and I'd rather not be there. So that's not a good argument for why you should stay in. If, any, if you hear that, you'll remember this, this segment. Now, I want to tell you that if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, and you are concerned that the amount of debt that we are running and are about to maybe incur another two or three trillion dollars of debt, if you're concerned about the outcome of that in, in the long run, yeah, because I think it's going to create a huge sugar rush high in the stock market because of all the money that's going to be flowing around. But when that money runs out, the stimulus checks run out and all the savings run out and people go back to some sort of normal, I think we're going to see a big bad come down from that. And are you ready to protect yourself? Do you have an invest and protect strategy? Because if you don't, then what I would recommend is that you visit with us and learn about it. Okay, so we, uh, if you go to our website, rpoa.com, you can uh, sign up for our upcoming uh, seminar. It's uh, virtual and it's uh, called uh, uh, Retirement Planning in Uncertain Times, or you can visit with one of our retirement planners and help, and they'll help you to build a plan uh, that you'll hopefully like and uh, will help you. All of that is available at rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about how to pay for education tax-free 
for one of your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morife. This is the part of the show where we talk about how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor. There's no doubt about it. There is no doubt. And this week, we're going to talk about um, an idea that I think is really clever, which is, uh, you know, how could, how could you pass on a tax-free education to the aforementioned greedy unwashed and reduce your taxes in the process? How cool would that be if you could do that? We're going to tell you how you do it in just a moment. But first, Jack, can you play it? I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care And though my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire and of course, that is Tony Bennett with rags to riches. And you know, the estate taxes, probate, all that kind of stuff, it's actually designed to do the exact opposite. It's designed to take you from riches to rags, and we do not want that to happen to you. So every week at this time, we have our estate tip of the week. Now, this week, we're going to talk about how to create a tax-free education plan for one of your heirs. That ought to keep the little squirts happy. <laughs> yes, and you want happy squirts, folks. Let me tell you, an unhappy squirt is not a pretty picture. All right, happy squirts. So here's here's an interesting idea that I came across, and here's here's what I, I think might be something you could consider. So there are these these uh, education plans which are called five twenty nine plans. All right. So what happens with a 529 plan is you put money into this account and it grows without being taxed and that money can then be used to pay for an education. And the interesting thing is, is that it can also be passed around with people within your family if somebody else wants to do the education and the original person didn't. So that can also happen. But from a standpoint of estate planning, here's an interesting idea. What you can do is you can gift your contribution to this 529 plan, and there are lots of benefits to doing that. Okay, The first one is on the estate tax side. So the assets, anything that you gift to a 529 plan, they are considered immediately removed from your estate, Okay, which means that it may reduce or eliminate your estate taxes. That's number one. Number two is there are some significant uh, gifting benefits. So you can actually, and this is really a, a cool thing, I think, you could actually gift five years of contributions up front. So, and that's up to $75,000 per beneficiary. So you can put a lot of money in that. And if you're married, it's 150000 because you can combine your $75,000 gifts and put in $150,000 per beneficiary. So if you want to put money aside to help pay for college for your grandchild, then this might be a really cool idea because what happens is as the money grows within that 529 plan, it grows without any income tax. And on top of that, you have the benefit that you've removed from your estate, potentially 150000 or more, and there's no estate tax on it either. And there's another thing, which is kind of cool, and that is that there are there, there's not only the estate tax, but there's also the gift tax. And the tax advantage on, on the gift tax is that 529 accelerated gifts, the ones that I was just talking about where you could do five years up front all at once, are not subject to the federal gift tax. 
So the gift tax says that if you give more than $30,000 as a couple or $15,000 each to a child, if you give more than that, it's a taxable gift. But if you make it through the, the uh, 529 plan, a couple can give $150,000 and it is not subject to the gift tax. Ain't it so, Dorothy? <laughs> it is. It's just wonderful. So if you have some greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs that need to be educated, and, and maybe they won't be so uh, unwashed and, and, uh, and greedy, you, you might consider that plan. Something to, for you to think about. Now, once again, as I've mentioned, uh, we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning, and part of that is the estate planning process. And so if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, go to our website. It's rpoa.com. And when you're there, we have lots of stuff for you. We have videos, articles, podcasts, all, all kinds of stuff. But most importantly, you have the ability to click on meet with an advisor. If you do that, what will happen is we'll schedule a time for you to visit with us and uh, we'll do it virtually and no charge or obligation and we'll put together your entire retirement plan we'll look at your cash flow we'll look at social security we'll look at medicare we'll give you an insurance analysis for all the insurance you have we'll look at your income taxes we'll give you a full-blown deal and we'll at no charge or obligation and if you like what you see you want to work with us fantastic and if not that's fine too i love it i do too so take advantage of that and uh we'll part friends regardless no charge or obligation okay so rpoa.com is the website now also um for those of you who want to uh, do some planning and want to learn about uh stuff like that we on our website you can sign up for our seminars. We have a lot of seminars coming up next week. They're virtual also, and they're live, so you can attend them. And uh, we have uh, one that I think is very interesting. I've watched it myself. <laughs> and it's on retirement planning in these uncertain times. So if you're over 50, that's for you. And I would look forward to educating and helping you if we can. So all of that is at rpoa.com. Well, you know what? This show is over already. I cannot believe how fast it's gone. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have enjoyed making it for you. We'll see you next week, same time, same channel. Bye-bye, everybody. Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned. None of this show's content should be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Sound effects or anecdotes should not be construed as an endorsement of Ken Murray or MMWKM Advisors LLC. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.